Hello and welcome back to the Harbour Dupes podcast. This is episode 53. I'm your host, Liam Horsley. I'm delighted to say that my usual co-host, Mr. Ben Jones, is back. He's back with us. How you doing, mate? Return of the Mac. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. I've missed your beautiful tones on a Sunday morning whilst we record a podcast. Oh, I know. I think everybody <laughs> has. <laughs> How you doing? You still been enjoying the uh, the basketball over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been very entertaining. Some great games, some great results, and some some shocks and upsets. It's been a real roller coaster few weeks, I think. Yeah, this season has been a little bit crazy. I think there's more shocking results this time than than ever before. Uh, whether that's because of fans or not, I'm not sure. But uh, it's nice to see some fans back in the stand. As a Mavs fan, I think on Monday we've got uh, I think it's five, maybe three or five thousand free um, free tickets for. Uh, like frontline workers coming in, um, nice. so I'll be watching the first Mavs game with an actual crowd, even though it's only a small crowd. So I think it's slowly but surely getting back to normal, which is good. Yeah, I'm not sure the Hawks are happy that the fans are back after <laughs> Barkov ended up making LeBron go crazy and win the game. But uh, hey, we move on. Yeah, I haven't actually got that in my notes. We might have to add that as a joint loser at the end of our winners and losers. We could talk about it a little bit. That'd be quite fun. Uh, so plan for the pod our usual winners and losers um, we'll end also with our usual segment for our best upcoming games for the week uh, for this week coming up but in the middle we're also going to talk about our award winners right now so who we think uh, we would personally vote for to win the award if the season ended today uh, but as always uh, sorry before we kick it off I just wanted to mention something actually uh, I spoke with Ben about this last night but I'm a huge NFL fan as maybe some of you know and one of my favourite NFL podcasts is Five Friends. They're kind of similar to the No Dunks crew, really. You know, they've been friends for years and they're huge NFL fans. Uh, and one of them sadly lost his battle with cancer yesterday, I believe. Uh, the second time he's had it. And it's quite a subject quite close to my heart. So I kind of wanted to shout out him and his family and kind of wish anyone. I know it's the most popular NFL UK podcast. So there'll be a lot of people that listen to this that also listen to that podcast. So shout out to Chris Wessling and his family. Very sad day, but hopefully he can get some solace in, in knowing that uh, his family are getting a lot of support and love from everybody across the world. So I guess that's all, all you can ask for, really. Yeah, no, it's always a real difficult topic, and and um, especially, uh, you know, so young still, really. But um, yeah, all the love goes out to, to his family. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very fitting that uh, we have the Super Bowl tonight where he's going to get honoured. Uh, on radio stations and, and TV channels all over the world before before the game, which I think will be a, a fitting tribute to a good man. Um, yeah. But let's move on to do what Chris Weston loves to do the most, which is podcast and talk about things maybe in depth that people don't want to hear, because <laughs> that is what he's known for, the most in-depth podcast ever. We will start with our winners and losers. Um, seeing as you've been away, mate, why don't you kick us off with your, your winner, first winner? My first winner... Uh, this week is going to go to the Boston Celtics. Now, they may have gone 2-1 and one this week. However, the main reason I've put them in is one of those wins was over the Clippers, who we have been praising nonstop over the past couple of weeks because they've been an unstoppable force, um, which Boston has managed to sort of change the tune of slightly. Um, really great performance from Jason Tatum. They didn't have Jalen Brown that game. And the Clippers didn't have Paul George, so maybe it's not an accurate sort of feel-out for where they are in the season and things like that. But um, 
a fantastic performance from the Celtics nonetheless. Yeah, I agree. Clippers having a lot of praise actually this season, rightfully so. Um, and, and the Celtics played very well. I've been quite impressed with the Celtics on the offensive end as well the last few weeks in general. So maybe they're starting to see a little bit more consistency. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good winner. Um, my first winner is not a team actually; it's two sets of players. My first winner is Steph Curry and Luka Doncic together. They combined for 99 points in 134, 132 Mavs win last night. Uh, and if you're not a fan of either team, or even if you are, re-watching that game, I highly recommend it because I just think you'll have so much fun watching those two players go at it. And Steph did try and guard Luca a few times as well, which, as you can imagine, probably didn't go, go very well. Um, but they were almost a little bit 1v1 at times, uh, like back on the playground. So I think that was just a fun one to talk about. And both players, are MVP stocks are rising. Both their teams maybe slightly underperformed from what they thought. The Warriors have obviously done a lot better than the Mavs. But as individuals go, they've had two great seasons. And that's one of the funnest games I've watched or funnest isn't a word, but blunt. So most fun games uh, I've watched in terms of two players. I think if you're a neutral, you can sit down and don't care about who wins, uh, and you can just watch those two players shoot. So yeah, Steph and Luca were my first winners of the week. Yeah, it's good because the the Mavs needed to sort of pull one back there after the stonking defeat they had at the hands of Golden State earlier in the week, one forty-seven to one sixteen. Um, a team like the Mavs shouldn't be losing by that big a margin to the Warriors. Um, they have been struggling in a few games of late, haven't they? Where do you think the Mavs need to go sort of improve over the next couple of games and, and really kick on this season? Uh, well, they've missed the most amount of games from players, um, not not in terms of a team, but in terms of players being out due to COVID. So they've really had an unsettled team. They've only had a settled team now for the first three games of the season and the last three games. Um, so I think they're in a bit of a false position, but Sometimes they still look quite bad defensively. And unfortunately, Chris Stapps just doesn't look right. Um, so there's not really anywhere I'd say for them to go. I'd say they would just need to hope that Pozingas keeps rehabbing and getting fitter because on the defensive end, he looks so slow now. And before he was known as a shot blocker, he could stay with kind of, not guards, but he could stay with threes and fours pretty well. Uh, and he was lethal around the rim. But at the moment, yes, he's good on offense, shooting 36% from three, but he's not anything at all on defense and people just switch on him. So short term, you hope he gets healthy and improves because he has obviously had another surgery and it does take time to come back. Um, but aside from that, it's, it's a trade for me. I'm not saying they'll do that in the next few games, but if they want to get a second or third round kind of playoff game this this season, which was the aim, I think they probably need to trade. Yeah. I know Bradley Beal would be the ideal, but it's probably not going to happen with, with their lack of picks due to the Porzingis trade. I think that whether it's the Levine, uh, whether it's a big Penguin, as uh, we've spoken about before, JJ Reddick, someone else, maybe to to kind of sharpen the team up. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they go. They do lack a little bit of veteran presence. So whether someone like a JJ Reddick could help or bring in a buyout guy, I'm not sure. But I what, just think that a lot of it's Porzingis. What I found really noticeable, especially in that that big loss to Golden State. Golden State weren't fielding at anybody over six foot seven. Now, you would have thought. Paul Zingas would have had a field day. Maybe they bring in Bovey for a bit. But they didn't seem to use that side advantage at all. Do you think tactically they're doing the right things at the moment? Yeah, so they had the best offence ever last year and that's decreased quite a lot this year. 
And it's mainly because they've gone from, I think they were fourth in three-point shooting percentage last year, and now they're last in the league. So I think shots aren't falling, and maybe they are missing Seth Curry a little bit more than they thought. Um, but in general, I don't mind the offense. Um, Porzingis is not the best low-post player. So even if you're posting him up against Draymond Green, you think you've got the height advantage. His lack of strength and speed after this injury doesn't really lean himself to being a great post player. Uh, I would like to see Bobby play a little bit more just to create that kind of extra advantage. But unfortunately, Kyle didn't see it like that. It's almost like we've got too many players and the end of bench rotation can be a little bit off at times. Um, but I don't mind the offense. I just think people aren't making shots. Porzingis looks really bad. And Powell and Porzingis both look quite bad defensively. And if you're playing either of them at centre and they both look bad defensively, that's a little bit of a worry because, you know, people are just going to put, put them in pick and rolls all day long. Yeah, uh, that's why Drummond has been mentioned as an option just to shore up that defensive center position and play Porzingis at the four. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want Porzingis more at the five, and I think that's a tactic they can employ a little bit more because then he doesn't have to guard against so many small players. He can just guard a big. Um, but even that will present his own problems because, like you said, he's quite skinny and stuff. So I'm not sure. I don't mind the tactics. I think shots aren't falling. Defensively, it seems to be an effort thing. And what's happening is when they get down in games, they're struggling to come back because they've got this run in their head. You know, they've lost, like, I think it's six of their or seven of the last nine games. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's more of a mental thing. I think that win against Golden State is going to be absolutely huge. And hopefully they can turn it around. But for me, if they want to do anything long term, they do need a trade this season. Uh, and then if not, they kind of, this season won't be much. And then they have to use free agency next year where they've got that max cap space to to swing a huge move for, for whoever they think will fulfill the team. Probably an Oda Depot sort of type, I would imagine. Nice. Uh, let's go on then to your next winner of the week. Uh, my next winner, uh, nice to see them back in the winning column, is the Toronto Raptors. Yep. Three and one this week. Two of the wins come against the Magic. One of the wins comes against the Nets. And the loss is the back-to-back. Um, so they played the Nets and then the night after played the Hawks. Um, I think they probably lost their legs by that point. But the second win against the Magic came from a huge performance from Fred Van Vliet. 54 points he managed <laughs> to pile in. Crazy. Crazy. Um, he seems to be earning that big contract money at this point in time. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, it's nice to see the Raptors sort of slowly climbing back up the ranks and getting some wins under their belts. Because to look at their roster, it's not awful they've got a fantastic coach um but they are one of those sort of limbo teams that sort of half potentially looking to rebuild half potentially looking to build around van vliet and pascal siakam so i still feel like they're a bit caught in two worlds but it's nice to see them back getting some wins yeah i think that was the third or fourth now no fourth after steph's curry steph curry's that was the fourth highest scoring performance as well for the season from fred so that was a hell of a one. I'm I'm in a bit of a joke at the moment. Like I said Fred Van Vliet shouldn't be an all-star this season. And a few Raptors fans on Twitter are not happy with that shout. So it's a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a bit of a battle I've got going with Toronto at the moment. Um, but he proved me wrong in that game. That's probably the best game I've ever seen him play. Uh, and I think they've kind of sorted themselves out over the last 10 days, haven't they? I think they've won four games of, out of six in the last 10 days. They look a bit better on defence. OG Aniobi looks quite good for me. Um, I'm still worried about Siakam as a number one. I think he's a number two or a number three if you were actually trying to win win a title. Um, but they've definitely turned it around after a bit of a poor start to the season, I think. Yeah, really, really nice to see. So who have you got up next? Um, I've gone with another Eastern Conference team. I've gone with the Bucks. Um, I was kind of 
I saw, I wouldn't ruin who you chose, but you chose a different team that I had on my list. So I kind of wanted to pick another team that done well. And that's why I noticed that the Bucks have got the longest winning streak in the NBA, which is something I like to use for our, our pods. They're 15 and 8. They're keeping up quite well now with uh, Philadelphia first in the East. Uh, they made a gap as well to, to uh, Brooklyn and the Celtics as well in two and, and three and four. And this week, I think they won four, all four of their games. They've beaten the Pacers, Blazers and your Cavs twice. Sorry, mate. Um, and their defence looks similar levels to what it was. It, it dropped off a little bit and they're in a lot more high-scoring games, but their defence looked a little bit better now, a little bit more back to the, the Bucks of last season. So they just impressed me and I think it's good to see them keep up because I, I was worried that they were going to fall behind and, and maybe be third or so in the East and kind of lose that home court advantage. But they're, they're keeping up there with Philly. So the Bucks were my, my second team. Nice. Yeah, really good choice. They've just been finding their feet, haven't they, with a couple of new additions to the roster and getting that regular season dominance that we know they have year in, year out at the moment with Giannis. Um, as we always say, they <laughs> just need to prove a point in the playoffs. So yeah, Well, Giannis is also looking even better. Um, not than last year, but the first 10 games of the season, he wasn't quite at his level. Uh, and it's quite hard for him to hit the levels he's hit over the last two seasons. But he's closer now than what he was 10 games ago. Um, yeah. He's find his feet a bit more on offense with the new players they've got in the system. So uh, it's been a good week, good week for the Bucks. Um, who's your last winner of the week then? Uh, my last winner of the week is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 3-0 and this week. You can't fault what they're doing at the moment. They seem to be sharing the ball really well between them all. Uh, multiple players in double figures. Anthony Davis is having a very quiet season. He's floating around sort of the 15-point margin most nights and um, eight or nine rebounds. But everybody, like I said, seems to be contributing enough to get them the wins that they need. They did have a double overtime win against the Pistons. They made that look very difficult towards the end there. But um, LeBron clutched up, hit two big threes over, who was it, Plumlee? Um, Sounds right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Lakers seem to be ticking away in the background again. Not sort of flashy runaway victories, but um, enough to keep them up the top of that, that Western Conference. Just one loss behind the Utah Jazz at the moment. Yeah, me and CJ kind of spoke about this in the last podcast, but I wanted to get your sort of opinion on it. Do you think the Lakers, Clippers and Jazz are in a tier of their own in the West? Or do you think Jazz are more likely to fall away uh, and the Lakers and Clippers are still leading the way? Because I think in the East, it seems to be Philadelphia and uh, Milwaukee that are almost in a tier of themselves and the Nets trying to catch up offensively. But uh, in the West, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a three-team tier at the top and then everybody else? Or you do think it's still those two LA teams way ahead of the Jazz as a squad? We've always said that the LA teams are in that tier above in the West and it's nice to see Utah sort of penetrating that uh, upper yes. echelon of teams. Good word. And I've always said they've got the potential. You know, their, their roster is filled with talent. It's a really, really strong roster and for whatever reason, things haven't come together. Like we said, the past two seasons, they've gone on some of the longest winning streaks in the NBA and then gone straight into some of the longest losing streaks in the NBA. And it's added up into them being middle-of-the-road team. Um, I think they really showed what their potential is in the in the playoffs last season. And 
keeping relatively the same roster together, it's allowed them to to build and bond and they've got weapons all over the shop on that team. And if they can all stay fit and healthy and they can keep this up, then it does it they do look very difficult to stop. Yeah, that was similar similar thoughts to what we had to be fair. Um, but in terms of uh, the Lakers, I agree with you. Great week for them. LeBron looks good. Uh, probably a good time actually now to talk about that Hawks incident whilst we're on the sort of Lakers topic. Yeah. Uh, what are your just general takeaways? Because it was something that me and you found hilarious. <laughs> just, I just don't understand. Like your first set of fans into the arena in God knows how long. Your front row. Everything you say is going to be picked up by everybody. <laughs> yeah. And. There's there's physical evidence of people harassing LeBron and then he flicks a switch and wins a game. I I don't understand what you were getting out of that. Um, yeah, it it was a bit baffling. Can you not just sort of yeah, right, give a few jibes here and there? But why are you taking it that far? Like just you're there to watch basketball. It, but for me, it seemed more like. They were there to make a headline rather than to actually watch the game. So, yeah, I completely agree. So I won't say too much more on it, but I did, I did find it funny, and I found her the lady's Instagram video after was funny, um, and LeBron's tweet calling her a courtside Karen was also very funny. Yeah, very so, good. What a so I, I, yeah, I did find it funny. Um, her husband and LeBron have had an issue for a few years, apparently. Uh, especially because he sits courtside at all the games. So you imagine LeBron playing in the Eastern Conference for those years has played. The Hawks so many times uh, yeah, in Atlanta as well. Yeah, and I think also he's got he spends time in Miami. The guy, so he would have spent a lot of time courtside in Miami games, maybe when LeBron was there as well. So I think that mm. there's a lot going on with it. But from a neutral point of view, not not necessarily the world's biggest LeBron fan or a Lake fan or a Hawks fan, I found the whole thing very hilarious. And I, I enjoyed the fallout. It was a fun little non-basketball story for for a few hours. Yeah. Um, Cool, well, let's go on to my last winner then. This is the team, Ben, we haven't had in the winners or losers in any week. And we are a podcast that likes to try and talk about everyone, or we think we do. So this is the San Antonio Spurs. They are 13-10 and 10 overall. They've had two wins out of two, like the last two wins in a row this week. Uh, their defensive numbers, again, are excellent after a bit of a slower start on the defensive end. Um Obviously, there's rumours that Popovich might want to retire, and he hasn't. He's stayed. Uh, and they're just playing really well. They're playing very Spurs basketball, very, very consistent. I know it's early, but we, we kind of talk about this on a weekly basis. And at the moment, they're they're a playoff team just with, with uh, where they are in the league. And they've just impressed me. And I think without too many superstars, and the Marcus Aldridge has been injured as well for most of the season, they've done a lot better than I thought. So, yes, they're not. Seven and seven, like the Clippers, but they they have exceeded my expectations more than most teams. So, I want to give the Spurs a little bit of love. Yeah, let's see it. Eight players averaging double digit points. It's crazy. How, isn't it? how many rosters do you see that happening? Not not many. It's it's ridiculous. The the system Pop has in place there is just phenomenal. The the way he can just squeeze that little bit extra out of every single player that comes through his his camp is just fantastic and it's what you want to see um so hats off to the spurs because I, I had written them off this season completely after last season so yeah go yeah well, well last week the week before so we obviously didn't do our weekly podcast they beat the wizards celtics and nuggets in, in a week back to back and 
really shot them up the rankings. And then they lost two to the Grizzlies, who are a team I think the Spurs should probably look to be beating. Yeah, definitely. And that's when I kind of think, oh, they're still a little bit inconsistent. I'm not happy with the Grizzlies losses. When they come back, they beat the Timberwolves, who they should beat. They beat the Rockets, who are a team around them this week. And I just think, in general, they're normally quite good at beating the teams that, that are quite tough to beat and teams around them in the West. Uh, and I just think, yeah, fair play to them. They've got the Warriors twice this week. And then the Hawks as well. So it'd be interesting to see if they can keep up with those two like more offensive teams. Yeah. Um, but it'd be fun to see. You know, their defensive schemes will be on point either way. So yeah, bit of love for the Spurs there. Uh, and let's move on to a segment where we give no love to the losers of the week. I'll start us off just on that topic with the Grizzlies, um, who I just said beat the Spurs two weeks ago twice. But this week they've had a bad week. They've lost three in a row. Um, in terms of the, since the COVID issues, because they've missed the most games, I believe, due to COVID as a whole yeah. team. They've really, really slowed down. And Jar Moran looks frustrated to me at times when he doesn't get calls from referees, maybe not getting enough help from others. Um, so Jaron Jackson Jr. not playing is, is an issue. Uh, and yeah, just not a great week for them, sliding down the rankings a little bit. And it was it was kind of impossible to not mention the team with the, the most losses in a row. when we always talk about the teams with the most wins. So the Grizzlies not looking great. And I think they need to get back on track and find a bit more consistency as a team, I think. Yeah, they're still a very young team, aren't they? They're still finding their feet. I'm not expecting huge things from them, although they had a really, really good season last season. But with COVID protocols and injuries and, and just inconsistencies throughout the squad, it's difficult for them to start really tying these wins together. I have been impressed with um, Dylan Brooks stepping up yeah. in sort of a lot of players' absences. Same with um, Gorgie Jang. He's really stepped up while Valentinus has been out. So, uh, you know, they, they've got people to fill the gaps. It's just these gaps keep appearing and disappearing game on game. And it's really difficult for them to get some consistency together. Yeah, I agree. I think the age of the team is, is kind of the factor, but our expectations are a little bit higher than, than what they maybe should be after such a huge year last year. Um, who is your first loser of the week? So, my first loser this week is the Clippers. After a fantastic couple of weeks, yeah. they've slipped for me. They've gone one and two this week. Um, like I said, one of those losses coming to Boston. Um, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about here. I just wanted to put the Clippers in the losers column for once because they've been so good this <laughs> season, it's been difficult to pick them apart. But um, they... What the, I think the main difference between this Clippers team and last Clippers, last year's Clippers team is the the willingness to sh- share the ball, and get more people involved. It's not just a ISO um, focused offense. Um, the defense looks way better, way more consistent. And the main thing I think that's helping them is the fact that they are playing more games as a full roster. It's not very often you. They've got players out resting and things recently. Even with Kawhi getting that hit to the face, he was back two games later, um, putting the work in. So, I think that's really going to put them in good stead for the playoffs at the end of the year. Because I think that's what really scuppered them is because they had played hardly any time as a full team on a court together. Nobody knew what their role was or who was the leader and who was going to take this shot and when. And the regular season is for teams like that your chance to find out who's gonna who, who's gonna step into those roles and I think they've really established themselves this season but two and one a slight dip in their performance this week. 
Yeah, they've obviously not got the, the best record in the NBA, but what they do is every week they're winning like three out of four games. They're not they're not going on these huge unbeaten runs often. I know they had one, but this has been the first week where they've lost more than they've won since the season started, so that just shows how consistent they've been. But got to put them in the losers if they're they're losing more games than winning. That's just the way the podcast works. Just the way um, the crumbles. Exactly. Uh, so my next team is another Western Conference team then. It's the Nuggets. Uh, they're a team that we're maybe not as high on as other podcasts and other analysts. I know before the bubble, we were both a little bit lower on them and they, they proved us wrong. And in the playoffs, we were low on them and they proved us wrong. <laughs> but um, we both ranked them quite high and now they're proving us wrong. <laughs> the other way. God so damn it. We, we can't quite get to grips with this Nuggets team, but they've had two losses in a row this week. One of the games to the Kings where Jokic actually scored 50 points and they still lost. Yeah. Uh, they sit sixth in the West at the moment, 12 and 10. And my kind of reasoning is obviously the two back-to-back losses are huge. And the Kings aren't great, so that's not a very good loss. But it's the fact that, yes, they can go on a huge winning streak, but I thought they would pretty comfortably be the third or fourth team in the West. Uh, and the Jazz and Suns, at least for me, uh, are looking a lot better than them on the court. Uh, and I think this is a little bit of a worry. I know they've been linked with trade rumours for Bradley Beal before. They're apparently in on the James Harden trade, so maybe they, they know there's a, a weakness there in terms of helping Jokic out. But I think Jokic's been so dominant that we're going to talk about the MVP race later, but if you're 12 and 10 and you're going on, they've had a three-game losing streak, a two-game losing streak, and a four-game losing streak with someone with that sort of MVP like caliber, the rest of the team's not quite doing what they should do. So the Nuggets were, were my second loser of the week. Yeah, it's a good pick. Um, I ju- they are just missing something, and I, it's difficult to put your finger on what exactly it is because, well, what I think it is is obviously the Jamal Murray consistency is always a huge issue, but... In and around that, it's not a badly constructed roster. Um, Jokic is just an absolute beast. It's really frustrating for them, I think, um, to to have such a performance like they had in the playoffs and then get to the regular season and be so inconsistent as a team. Um, they they uh, that's what they need to do, isn't it? Just really find that consistency. Yeah, well, that's Jamal Murray. In a nutshell, really, he's so inconsistent. Uh, we thought he'd take the step up after the bubble, and it hasn't happened. Uh, and they probably need Porter Jr. to make that step, but I think he missed eight games due to COVID. So it's not like he's only technically 12 games into his season or 14 games into the season. So it's going to take time for him to build that sort of level up. Uh, but yeah, I think they, they need a second option if they want to win an NBA title. And Porter Jr. could evolve into a world class second option. I hope that probably happens, to be honest. I think that's the easiest mm. way for them to do it. But Murray is not the second option. He is the third or the fourth option. Uh, and I think finding that second option is going to be key. And ideally, they can defend as well because Murray and Jokic aren't great defenders. So if you get your second option a bad defender, even Porter Jr. not being a good defender, that could be an issue. But I just think they need a little bit more. Um, and But fair play to Jokic for carrying them to as many wins as he has because they'd be, they'd be further down the table if it wasn't for him. Uh, who is your next loser of the week? Uh, my next loser of the week is the Detroit Pistons. Um, sadly, I think this team's going to keep on this list. <laughs> popping up. Yeah, they're on a four-game losing streak this week alone. They're 0-3. Uh, they've lost to the Jazz, the Suns, the Lakers, which is a bad run of games for them. The, the, the team that started off this losing streak was Golden State. They've got Brooklyn next, then the Pacers, then the Celtics, um, Pelicans and Spurs, then the Mavericks. Like, it's not a nice road ahead for them and I am fully prepared for this losing streak to continue extending 
they put up a good fight against the Lakers last night, taking it to double overtime, but they're just not very good, are they? <laughs> just to put it bluntly. They haven't got no. the, the star power. Blake Griffin's over the hill. His contract's way too big for what he contributes now. Um, they're relying on like a Derek Rose, who's, again, another massively inconsistent player. Um there are some bright spots in this roster. They're finding some great players amongst it all. Um, Jeremy Grant's been playing outrageously. But, uh, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Sorry, Detroit. It's horrible to see. Yeah, I won't add too much because I think I've had them on my losers list twice. But on that note, whilst we're talking about the Pistons, rumours are that they are set to trade Derek Rose back to the Knicks where he was a few years ago. Uh, not been done yet, but Shams reported that he's going to be traded. Uh, he wants to be traded to New York with Tom Thibodeau, uh, and they're going to kind of honour where he wants to go. Um, there's other rumours that Frank Neokina might be going back, so that'll be a bit of a loss for, for the old Nick Faithful that still love Frankie Smokes, but he doesn't really play that much. What are your thoughts on a, on a rose to the next trade? Um, does, it, I guess, if they get a pick as well, is it just the Pistons getting a pick and fair play or and another young player in Neokina? And do you think Rose can kind of help lead the Knicks maybe to finish in the top 10 in the East just to at least have a crack at the playoffs? I think, in my eyes, that's a re- it's a really nice trade. If, especially if the Pistons get the young player and a pick. Fantastic. That fits their timeline and what they've got coming ahead of them over the next couple of years perfectly. Um, and so far as the Knicks, you get somebody who is used to, to Thibodeau's systems and the way he likes to coach. Um, someone with influence who we know is a all-star caliber player who can really bring on these young players especially all the young guards they've got um and show them what it takes to be an mvp and then win games because that is what debt rose can still do we know he's got the potential to do but he's just very injury prone these days so um and and the knicks have got a couple of injuries haven't they amongst the guards especially so hopefully he can sort of plug a bit of a gap for them for now as well um, I think it's a really nice trade. Yeah, if it happens, I, I agree. Uh, a bit disappointed that I sold my Derek Rose Knicks jersey now, because if he goes back and wears the the same number, then uh, could have been on for a winner. Could have had a playoff playoff Knicks jersey for 2021. Who'd have thought it? Um, <laughs> let's go on then to our last losers of the week. My last one, unfortunately, Ben, is a team very close to your heart. Uh-huh. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've lost three games, I believe, this week. I know two of them were to the same team that's escaped me. It was in my winner's list. Um, but, yeah, they, they've slid down the table a bit. I think they've lost five out of seven as well. Yeah, it was the Bucks. sorry, that beat them twice. Yeah. Uh, they've lost five out of seven now. Uh, they slid down from fifth in the East all the way down to ten. They're still over overachieving, really. They're 10-4 record, but I think they're on the second longest losing streak at the moment, so I had to include them. Uh, and our boy, the big penguin, has not had as good week as normal, so I have to mention that. He needs to step up or get traded. See you later, big penguin. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I would quite like to see a, a trade happen, if possible. They're um, going to have to buy, buy him out, though, aren't they? No one's going to pay that money for no, that contract. No, got left on his contract. Absolutely not. It's frustrating, but it can be done. Um, I think, yeah... If I'm looking at the, the roster and, and the way you want it to go forward, like Andre Drummond, I love. I think he's a great player. But I'd rather have Jarrett Allen and JaVale McGee as a pair because I feel like they're very similar players and um, 
Jack Allen is obviously the future of the centre position there. Um, JaVale McGee would be a great mentor for him because of their similar playing styles. And, you know, he's been around the block and he's made a fool of himself and he's come out the other side a champion, a multiple champion. Um, whereas Andre Drummond, as much as he's been playing some really, really good basketball in Cleveland and he's really grown to love it there, I think, um, compared to when he first got there, when he absolutely thought it was a mess and hated it. And um, it'd be sad to see him go, but I think it's what needs to happen. Yeah, completely agree, completely agree. Uh, okay, who is your last loser of the week? Uh, my final loser of the week is the Pacers. Again, a bit like the Clippers here, we've shown them so much love recently and they've been playing so, so well that you have to take the odd L here and there. So <laughs> they're 2-2 two and two this week. Um, for me, I've always been a bit of a Pacers sceptic. Like I've, I've always thought, sort of undersold them, I guess. I've never as they do. A bit like when we were talking about the Nuggets earlier. Um, they're still playing good basketball, really good team basketball. They still look fairly dangerous. They're 12 and 11 at the moment. But a bit of a sort of a slower week for them, um, resulting in that kind of getting stuck in middle of the Eastern Conference with a possibility they could go either way. They could climb a spot or two. They could slide a spot or two. Um, mm-hmm. Difficult to say where they're going to go. But, yeah, the the one win against the Grizzlies, uh, a loss against the Bucks, a loss against the Pelicans. Um, some teams that you would have thought they might have beaten there in the Pelicans. Um, obviously, the Bucks are going to be tricky. So... Yeah, sorry, sorry, Pacers, but slow week from you results on losers. Yeah, they're a little bit closer actually to a five hundred record than I. My my sort of if someone asked me what you think about the Pacers, I'd have been like, oh yeah, overachieving, doing pretty well. But when you think they're eleven and twelve, near enough, nearly a five hundred record, I'm like, ah, oh, that's actually a little bit worse than I thought. Yeah, it's probably a little bit worse record than I thought they'd have. And it's a little bit re- worse record than I thought after watching them play and talking about them probably two of the last four podcasts um, than I thought. So they've surprised me a little bit just with how, how sort of, not average they're doing, but almost inconsistency with nearly having a 500 record. I thought they'd be higher up than that. Um, and I think, yeah. yeah, you're right that they're a low, they're a low seed uh, Eastern Conference team, aren't they? And it only pops them into fifth place at the moment as well so like I said there's there's definitely potential for them to drop out of this if they're not quite uh, if they're not careful with uh, how they play over the next couple of games yeah completely agree maybe uh, Victor Oladipo obviously lost and replacing him with a vert who can't play just have taken a bit of time for, for that rotation to, to figure itself out we'll, we'll see how they how they do over the next couple of weeks yeah um, cool. Well, that's our winners and losers then. Why don't we go on to talk about uh, some bigger picture stuff, some NBA award winners. We're going to go through the five biggest categories, I guess. So MVP, rookie, sixth man, defense player of the year and coach of the year. Kind of talk about just who who we would give our vote to right now and then spend like a small amount of time talking about other options. If there are, there's one award, for example, where I have only one person. So um, we'll see how it goes. We'll take it in turns where we start. Um, you pick which award you want to start with and we'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay, the award I want to start with is, let's start with the 
Coach of the Year. Um, cool. My usual suspects for Coach of the Year aren't on my list this year. The ones we usually talk about in Brad Stevens and, um, oh my gosh, his name's just popped out of my head, Nick Nurse. Um, but my coach of the year, for me, it was between two coaches. Um, but I've landed more on the side of one than the other. Um, not, well, just because I think has to work with and he's managed to um, corral them into a strong consistent team this year so if I was going to give out my award for coach of the year at the moment it would go to Doc Rivers with the what? Philadelphia 76ers wow uh, we, we have a match ah we have a match um, between him and Quinn Snyder for me the Jazz obviously playing super super well but I feel like that Jazz roster is so much more talented and a lot deeper than this Philadelphia team. And the Philadelphia team has some really, really strong personalities. And Doc Rovers has stepped in there and and sort well, seemed to have so far this season sorted them right out. Yeah, I've gone Rivers as well. Um, very impressive start to the season, kind of outplaying the Bucks at the moment, which is always the favourite for the East. Uh, the Nets were obviously second favourite and they're, they're also outplaying them. Uh, for me, it was between him and, Do- uh, him and Doc Rivers. No, he is Doc Rivers. Uh, him and Monty Williams from the Suns, just because the Suns are so young. Uh, whereas the Jazz are always a top five Western Conference team. Um, Pacers as well, their coaches in the, in the running in terms of odds, but they're always a top six and very similar. Whereas the Suns, they've been a, like a loser. They've really turned them around in the bubble. And then the start of the season they've had has been amazing. Uh, and they've had a few injuries and COVID issues as well. So I had Monty Williams as my second choice, but Doc Rivers was the winner. Uh, in terms of the odds, Monty, uh, Monty Williams is actually favourite for the award at the moment. Doc Rivers is second favourite. And Steve Nash is third favourite, which makes sense. Because the Nets go and end up winning the East in his first year as coach. And he's probably going to win the awards. They're kind of banking on, I guess, KD and, and Harden taking them to the top of the East for that. But... Monty Williams is the favourite, but I'm with you. Doc Rivers, for me, has been the most impressive so far. Nice. Um, Next one, then. I'm going to do the one award where I didn't have any even considerations. I kind of put other names for every single award except for one. And the one I didn't was the Sixth Man of the Year Award. Uh, And it's an NBA player that is very close to this podcast heart because Ben loves him. Uh, I've gone with Jordan Clarkson to Utah Jazz. For me, there's not even another option. In terms of the the betting, he is heavy favourite. He's under evens. There's nobody anywhere near him in the betting odds, and that's kind of how I see it. Um, I think Boucher from Raptors is the second favourite, and there's just no way that you're going to compare those two players. The, the amount of points Clarkson's putting off of the bench, and he helps them win games sometimes when the, the, the starters aren't scoring well. Uh, you know, I know he did that against the Mavs. So Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> for me, sixth man of the year, if I had to uh, vote right now. Yeah, I've got another match for you. I had Jordan Clarkson down. He was like the first award I had written down here with the first name on the sheet. The one I had in consideration, yeah, in consideration for me, although he's quite a bit behind, was Terence Ross, um, playing really well for the Magic, but a couple of games off here and there, not always consistent, which results in him not being able to touch Jordan Clarkson for this award at this point in time. Yeah, I think he's third in the betting odds, so he is right up there as, a, as an option at least. But 
I completely agree. John Clarkson is the uh, outstanding candidate. And even though we both kind of, we didn't hate the contract, but we said it was an overpay, which I still think it was an overpay. Uh, he's probably performing better than, than us, than we thought. And you like him, but definitely better than most Jazz fans thought. So shout out to, to Jordan Clarkson. Um, cool. Which is the third award you want to go on to talk about next? Let's go Defensive Player of the Year. Um, sure. I didn't have many options for this, and I'm going to give it to this player because I think he has been really undervalued the past couple of seasons. And this one, in terms of what he's bringing to the plate, and it's resulted in their team being super successful this year. team we've already talked about. So my Defensive Player of the Year would be Ben Simmons. He's the best defensive guard in the league. I think he's better than Marcus Smart, who a lot of people would say probably is the best defensive guard. Um, but if you consider him a guard, that is, I guess, with Ben Simmons. Um, he's just got range. He can read the plays really well. He moves fantastically. He never gives up on anything. Um, he's big enough to defend the bigger guys you've got on your team. He's quick enough and intelligent enough to defend the smaller guys. So that is going to be my Defensive Player of the Year pick. Nice, very nice. Anyone listening who likes a cheeky bet, uh, if you backed Ben Simmons and Ben Jones there, that's 12-1 to 1 for, for Ben Simmons. He's the sixth favourite for the award at the moment. Wow. Uh, you've got Joel, Giannis, Davis, Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert all above him at the moment. So some good value. Uh, I completely agree that Ben Simmons is probably the best defender in the NBA. I actually think Draymond Green and him are the best two defenders in the NBA in general. But for some reason, this award always tends to lean to big men who like to get lots of shot blocks. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Giannis, Davis, Turner, Gobert as the top four in the odds, that kind of bears out. But I agree with you. I think Simmons is not the, he's not even the best defensive guard. He's the best actual defender. Him or Draymond for me. But I know you don't like Draymond, but... That's how good I think Ben Simmons is. But in terms of this award, I kind of went back to a few years ago, a bit more chalk, and I've gone with Rudy Gobert. Um, I know Giannis won it last year, and before that, I think it was Rudy. Um, yes. It was it was between him and Bede, actually, and Anthony Davis, um, because Davis is not going to be up there for MVP. He's not doing as well offensively. Uh, they've had a few nights as well where he really struggles to score, which is weird for Davis, but his defensive numbers and the Lakers... Defensive numbers with him on the court and in general as a team are huge. And he's definitely the kind of leader. So if they win the West and have the best defensive record in the league, I think, and LeBron is kind of known for regular season taking games off defensively, I think Davis is really being the anchor. So he was my second choice. Uh, but I did go with Gobert. The Jazz playing really well, like we said, they're at the top of the West at the moment. Defensive numbers are amazing. Uh, he's switching on to guards so well again. Um, and I just think, yeah, he, he's one of the best defenders in the league and his numbers are amazing this year. So I've gone a little bit chalky with that one and gone with the favourite, uh, Rudy yeah. Gobert. I think that's a great pick. Like you said, Gobert's become... He used to be get the award because he was a big man. He was making blocks. He was filling the lane. But he has become a better all-round defender, I think. Like you said, his footwork's improved massively because teams were just picking and rolling and switching him onto a guard and then um, t- like giving it to him there, basically. But now he can move his feet a lot better. He's a lot harder to get around whoever you are so yeah great pick there yeah I think the only thing that hurts him is these awards are a little bit narrative based and he's won them before and if the Jazz finish third in the West 
uh, and they've got the fifth best record in the NBA with the Eastern Conference teams. And Jordan Clarkson walks away with the sixth man. I do wonder if voters are going to kind of be worried about giving two of the best best five awards to two Jazz players instead of like the fifth or sixth best team because they didn't give any awards to LeBron or AD last year. You know, I think they might be a bit concerned to give two awards to two Jazz players, but I just think at the moment I couldn't turn turn Rudy down. Um, cool, we've got two awards less than, uh, left then, two of the biggest ones for me. Um, we'll go rookie and we'll finish on MVP because uh, we've had a few matches, so I think we'll disagree on the MVP one for sure. Um, so with rookie of the year, it's between two players really, even though I did want Wiseman. I put Wiseman as the, the third, but he's not really up there at all. Uh, it's Lamelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton of the Kings. Uh, I went with Halliburton. Lamelo Ball is the clear favourite, but the, the betting odds aren't done on if it's right now that they are looking at the future as well. And Lamelo Ball's just started starting. He's a much more famous name. Uh, he's a much more highlight sort of ready player, um, which is why he may win the award long term. And his odds are awful now. He's below evens, which is crazy. Halliburton's second favourite of three to one. But for me, Halliburton's been the best rookie. Uh, he's really helped this Kings team turn into a, like, in every game now, they look like they could cause problems, even against some good teams. Uh, and they haven't got the best roster. So I think Kim and Fox are, are down to that. And I think Halliburton just wins it over the mellow ball for me. So I went with Halliburton. Yeah, there's been some impressive rookies this year. Uh, you could mention Anthony Edwards. Um, and like you said, Wiseman. Manuel quickly has been popping up here and there, hasn't he? But yeah, quickly's me, third favourite. Yeah, for me, it was between the same two. And just because it's a more sort of household known name, if you will, I think Lamelo is primed to get this award. Um, even if you're just looking at stats, he's probably more sort of worthy of it as well. 13.6 points, uh, 5.8 rebounds and six assists. Um, but turnovers now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just a, a rookie who's getting lots of minutes, isn't it? He's always going to have a high turnover rate at this point in his career. Um, so you hope that improves over time. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree. If I, I think at the end of the year, he will win it. But if I had a vote now, I just think kind of burn for me, edges it slightly. Yeah, and he played really well, actually, the other night against the Nuggets. So I was impressed. Um, cool. Well, you can start the next one then. You've only got one choice, MVP award. What are your thoughts? Who are the contenders and, and who's your winner at the moment? This, I think, is the hardest award, hardest award to give out because I don't think there is somebody who is like head and shoulders above somebody else at the moment. You could pick any player and say, right, well, yeah, he's good at this, but I think so-and-so is doing this better and that puts him ahead and blah, blah. Like, I think you could pick somebody and make a great case for them and equally be convinced by somebody else. Um I'm looking at names like LeBron, obviously, Durant, Luca, Embiid, Giannis, Jokic is up there. It's, it's so tough. You don't, for me, like we had a bit of a quick chat about this last night and you think there could be a big change between who you pick now and, and whether they actually Win get it, yeah. at the end of the season. And a lot of the time, an MVP doesn't really go to a big man, does it? much like the Defensive Player of the Year award, even if the guard's the best defender in the league, probably isn't going to get it over a big man, which seems absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, it, I kind of talked it through with myself this morning 
and whittled it down to two names. And I've gone with this one name at the moment for a couple of reasons. One, his team is performing exceptionally well at the moment. Two, Which does matter for, for voters, I think. A hundred percent. And that's the main reason I've picked this guy over the other guy I was toying with. His team is doing way better than the other guy's team. He's been a lot more consistent. He's kept his head down. There's not much chat going on. He's focused on the job at hand. And he looks super, super good. I, after, like we said last night, I'm probably not convinced he's going to hold it up to the end of the year or through the playoffs. But at this point in time, I would give my MVP award to Joel Embiid. Nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I good have the same numbers. the same name. <laughs> wow. Look same at that. Name. What were your reasonings then? Well, it was tough. I, I wrote down Jokic, if I'm honest, and then an hour before the podcast changed it because of the winning. Uh, if the Nuggets finished third in the West with, I don't know, just say they finish four games behind the two LA teams, for example, I think Jokic will win it then if that happens. But at the moment, they're too far down and the 76ers are leading the case in the East. Uh, and the numbers offensively are, are similar apart from obviously assists. Uh, and Bede's defensive numbers are way better than Jokic's. Yeah. Uh, and his team are doing way better than Jokic. So that's why I give them the nod over Jokic. Um, I give them the nod over Luka for the same reason. Luka was on, on my top five because of the team numbers. Um, Luka's going to finish the season with probably the third or fourth best actual numbers in the league if you like compare them. Him and LeBron are going to be right up there, but Luka's team are going to finish with a too low record, so he was out of it for me. Um, and then the other option was obviously LeBron himself, and I think it's tough with him and AD playing together for them to kind of win one or the other. Yeah. Um, but I actually think LeBron will probably win it <laughs> come the end of the year if they win the West. Uh, and I think Kawhi, this is what I said in our chat, I think Kawhi or LeBron, if one of those two wins the West by four or five games, one of them could win the MVP based upon that reason. But at the moment, I pick Embiid, but I just don't think it will hold similar to you. But I hope it does because it will prove a lot of people wrong. But at the moment, Embiid's numbers are just too good. But I'd be worried that LeBron or Kawhi go on a run in the West and they win. And maybe the Nets or Bucks catch Philadelphia. Uh, and the team aspect of Embiid's vote goes, and then you have to look at it as a total picture, and his defence won't be anywhere near as good as Kawhi or LeBron or, well, yeah, or Giannis, but Giannis won't win it. So I've gone Embiid now just because numbers are crazy. I think his field goal percentage it, around the rim is the highest in, in modern-day NBA history. His efficient field goal percentage is 60%, which is much better for him. His turnovers are down, even though they're still a little bit high. Uh, they're down from 4.5 to 3.5, which is quite good. He's averaging 30 points a game. Uh, and on the basketball reference, they have an MVP tracker where they look at all the categories that most MVPs do well in. Jokic is their favourite at the moment, and Embiid is quite clearly the second favourite, way ahead of LeBron and Kawhi. But I think voters would just vote for Embiid over Jokic because of the team stuff. So that was my reasoning. Yeah, all very, very fair. As an all-round player, Jokic is better. We know that. But you've got to take into consideration the development Joel Embiid has shown, the way he is pulling his teams to the wins, um, the, the defensive effort he puts in. Although, like I said before, I think he is the second best defender on that team. 
he is more likely to win that Defensive Player of the Year award than Ben Simmons, which seems obscene, but the defensive <laughs> numbers are still really, really good. Um, yeah, I, at this point in time, the wins make a huge difference for me, and that's what put him over the edge, definitely. Yeah, in terms of the odds, then, because we mentioned the odds for, for, for others, uh, and this is a fun one that I think more people bet on. Not as many people are going to do sixth man of the year, you know, or coach of the year. I think it's not as fun, but a lot of people bet on the MVP. Uh, I'll just give you the top six names and their odds and tell me which one or two players you like based upon those odds. Um, so the favourite is LeBron James, 11-4, to 4, so a little bit less value. Second favourite is Nikola Jokic at 9-2. to 2. Joel Embiid is only the third favourite at five to one, which probably means we both like those odds. Yeah. Uh, seven to one is Kevin Durant and Luka Doncic, and nine to one is Giannis. I think Giannis won't win it again, but I still think Kevin Durant at seven to one isn't bad odds. Um, but Joel Embiid at third favourite, I think that, that that's a hell of a bet for people. Yeah, I, I would potentially be looking at that. Um, like you said, if if the Brooklyn Nets can climb up those wins. Um, Kevin Durant is sort of not too far off averaging Embiid's numbers. Really, um, he's never going to played less games because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. He's going to find he's um, he's played what eighteen games and started seventeen. Jokic has played nineteen. Like it's it's going to be a tight race definitely towards the end of the year. But uh, Embiid is. Definitely my favourite, and at those odds, I'd definitely be thinking about putting a couple of quid on. Yeah, well, Kawhi Leonard's thirty-five to one, so I'm going to put a five on it for, for, for just the reasons <laughs> that he's third on my list, and he's fourth on the Basketball Reference list, which is normally quite accurate. Uh, shout out as well to Steph Curry and Damian Lillard for getting in the top ten because they're in the sort of position where that you know their team's not going to be in the top two or three of the, the conference, but they're just playing so well offensively that it's hard to. Hard to look past them. Um, but that's yeah, cool. We got three out of five matches, which surprised me. Quite odd to see this top 10 list and not see, like like we said, we, we think Luka Doncic is like a definitely an MVP conversation worthy player and he's not on this top 10 list. But I guess it is, like we said, the wins matter and the Mavs are not getting the wins in as, as yeah. at this moment in time. What would interest me the most, which I don't think has ever happened before, but Bradley Beal's numbers are MVP level, like 100%. leading three-point shooting, obviously scoring, etc. But their record's awful. If he gets traded to a team with a really good record, <laughs> even though he's not been there the whole season, I wonder if he'd be up for it because you, his individual numbers would be great, and at the end of the year, his, the team he plays for would do well, and he'd still play for them for three months because the, when the trade deadline is. Um, so he'd at least contribute to half of their wins quite well. I wonder if he'd get in, because he's 100-1 to 1 at the moment. Um, I do wonder if he got traded to a good team. I don't know who that could be. Maybe a team like the Suns, someone with a good record. Um, the Celtics have obviously got a good record that maybe could do a trade. The Jazz, the Nuggets themselves. Nuggets, yeah. Um, the Warriors is another one that's been linked to him. They're only 12, 12, 12 and 11 at the moment. If they finish fourth or third in the East and Bradley Beal's scoring 37 points a game, I think it could be hard. But yeah, 95 to 1. If he stays with the Wizards, you're losing any money you put on him. But I'm just saying, if he gets traded somewhere good, you never, you never know. Um, cool. But yeah, three matches. It surprised me. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Put all your mortgage money, everybody, on Jordan Clarkson to win sixth man. Uh, 
Wow. And I'm watching Break His Leg next week and then uh, everyone will yeah. be coming to the podcast for, <laughs> with angry tweets. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, let's wrap up there now and we'll talk about the best upcoming games for the week ahead. Uh, in terms of our rankings, Ben, um, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, we did the podcast. I won that week two to one with a cheeky Warriors win. Uh, was one that sealed it for me that week so I am 3-2 up now in terms of the overall weekly tally Um, let's write that down Uh, yeah I'm 3-2 up now Uh, so you need to call this back for a 3-3 let's talk about the games then first game for you on your best upcoming games list Uh, Monday Bucks versus Nuggets Uh, start the week off with a bang this could be a really really big game for both teams both vying for wins in their respective conferences, uh, both potential MVP candidates, both teams sort of trying to make a name for themselves this season. Um, and I think the Bucks come out on top. Um, Jokic is really good, but I think they have enough tools to shut him down offensively. And I don't think the Nuggets are as good um, offensively when... Jokic can't get going and then start sharing the ball. If he's got to share the ball from the off, then I think they're in a bit of trouble. So the Bucks take that one for me. Yeah, I'm the same with you on that one. Um, I just think that Giannis will be too strong. Um, defensively, the Bucks will hopefully manage to stop the kind of complementary players of the Nuggets. And even if Jokic scores 40, I think that the Giannis could negate that with 40 himself. So I'll go with the Bucks as well, just because they're a better defensive team. Um, cool. My first game is Nets versus Pacers. Then two Eastern Conference teams in the the middle of the pack at the moment. Uh, that's Wednesday, one a.m. For me, this one's quite easy. Uh, I think the Nets are going to win. Uh, they'll have no Kevin Durant though. He's back on COVID, even though he's had COVID and he's got antibodies. He's back on the uh, COVID list, so he's going to miss six days of basketball. So he'll miss this game. So it'll be a Harden and Kyrie double double act. But I think the Nets will score too many points in a high scoring game. So I've gone with the Nets. Oh, I think I'm going to have to match you on this one as well. Yeah, it's difficult to see. It's a clever pick, I think. Yeah, the Nets not outscoring anybody at this point. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to match you, I think. Cool. Uh, what's your second game for the week you're looking forward to? My second game for the week is also Wednesday. Um, a team close to your heart in the Mavericks versus the Hawks. Nice. Um, I've picked this game because it is the battle of individual stars, it seems, at the moment for these two teams, Luca versus Trey. Um, who is going to step up on the respective teams and help the superstars out? Whoever finds the sort of most contributing players from their benches and their uh, the rest of their, their team, I think, is going to come out on top with this. And I have aired on the side of the Mavericks coming out on top. I think um, Porzingis, who will hopefully find a bit of a rhythm, be too difficult to stop. Uh, I think defensively they've got enough bodies to slow Trey Young down and the rest of this Hawks team. Nice, yeah, we're matching up again, I'm afraid. Um I agree with everything you said. I think Luca. The, the the difference with the star players is that just Trey just can't defend Luca. Whereas I'm not saying Luca can defend him necessarily, but he's got the size advantage. So every time they're matched up, Luca tends to do quite well. Uh, and Tim Hardaway always does well when he goes back back to play the Hawks as well. So 
I'll go with the Mavs, uh, but this will be probably another high-scoring game, I think. So we're three for three matched up. Same match podcast. We're close. We must have missed each other. It's, it's going I well. I think so, yeah. Um, my second game then is the Suns versus the Bucks, another Wednesday matchup, 3 a.m. Uh, I haven't talked about the Suns much on this podcast, but they're, they're a very good team. They've missed a few players and, and kind of Booker hasn't been his, his great self as normal, but they've still got very, very good records. So they've impressed me. Uh, against the Bucks, a team we've picked to, to beat the Nuggets in this season, I'm going to err on the side of the Suns here. Uh, I just think that they might score too many points to the Bucks, and the Bucks have got a tough week this week. So I think they're going to lose one game. So I'll go with the Suns over the Bucks. Well, split the difference then. Let's have our first difference, and I'll go with the Bucks. I think nice. they're rolling, and I think they're going to take this. I can't see many people stopping uh, Giannis on that team. Yeah, Aiton versus Giannis could could get messy. We shall see. Uh, okay, cool. What was your last game of the week that you're looking forward to watching? Um, my last game this week, after talking about them so th- this episode, is the 76ers versus nice. a podcast favourite team in the Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. Um, a team really, really performing well against a team that we, I don't know, keep expecting more of, but they're so streaky. It's very difficult to get behind them. Another, they're sort of another team looking for consistency, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. But this this could be really interesting. Ben Simmons trying to shut down Damian Lillard, um, and the rest of the Trailblazers roster trying to jump on Embiid's back and stop him from doing what he does. So um, I am airing on the side of the 76ers. Too big, too strong. Yeah, I agree. We've got another match here. I think the 76ers are far too good defensively. Uh, the Trailblazers didn't impress me that much. And yesterday's lost to the Knicks. And I think Dame looked a little bit hurt as well, actually. Not that he's not going to play, but didn't look quite to his uh, 100% self. So I'll go to the 76ers as well. I think anyone can guide Embiid on that team. Uh, and if there's any minutes of cancer on Embiid, then Embiid's going to be uh, climbing up the MVP ladder even more. I think <laughs> the point, points he can score in that game. Um, cool. Well, last game then for us to talk about, I decided to pick. A, a rematch of opening night. I went with Warriors versus Nets, which is next Saturday night, 1.30 a.m. This was tough for me. Uh, I'm going to go with, even though it's getting my better judgment, KD, I think that could be his first game back. I think he can play that game. Um, I'm going to go with the Warriors getting revenge for that opening night loss. they got Draymond Green back, playing really well now, much better than they did at the start of the season. So I'm going to go with Warriors win in the anticipation. I think that you'll go against me. Yeah, you're all right. I think the Nets are taking this. Um, Score too many points, probably. Yeah, Curry's got quite a good uh, record of shots over Steph Curry. I think he could be a really good contributor there. Um, they've got no one that can really match up with Durant, apart from Draymond Green, I guess. But um, he might be on Harden. <laughs> for for me, yeah, Durant is so good offensively, and I think. Draymond, especially nowadays, is so overrated <laughs> defensively that he's not going to stop. Uh, he's not going to stop much from Durant there. And then, like you said, who does that leave for Harden? Do you trust Wiggins or an Oubre? I, I can't see it personally. I think the Nets have got this. Potentially, yeah. We'll have to get into your Draymond Green uh, hatred because he's once again third in the NBA in every defensive metric. Uh, it's like six steals a game, nearly. Uh, which is crazy. Um, but I uh, I think the Nets probably will be too much, but I've got to go with my curry love. 
Uh, and Wiggins again playing really, really well. And Ubre stopped missing twelve three pointers in every game, so <laughs> yeah, that does help. It does help a little bit, but we shall see. We've got two differences then. You're going with the Bucks to beat the Suns. I'm going with the Suns. You're going with the Nets over the Warriors, and obviously I'm going with the Warriors. We'll see what the score is at the end of the week, mate. Nice. Uh, cool. Well, that is it for for this episode. Next episode, we're going to do probably the same start and end segments that we always do, just to get a picture of the week in the NBA. But in the middle, we think we're going to pick our, our probably our all star starters, and maybe we'll do a different episode for our all star reserves. But we're going to try and pick our our all star starters, Ben, and see how many matches we get on that one. Yeah, nice. No, probably got some clues from our our chat today on potential awards. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Although I will not be picking Jordan Clarkson as my all-star starter. There we go. Slander. Uh, very much slander. Well, thanks again, mate, for joining me. Glad to have you back. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Remember to go follow us on Twitter at underscore Hardwood Hoops, where we're always tweeting stuff out and, and some polls and opinions on games and players. Uh, and we'll share any news as it happens. Uh, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Cheers. Yeah, remember to uh, bet your mortgages on Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Me and Ben have already done it.